Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Jasmine Kadavid, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. All right, y'all. So we have the beautiful Jasmine Kadavid with us off the porch today. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. You look so freaking pretty. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so before we get into all of your music stuff. I really want to dig into your background because like I said, mentioned to you earlier, your story, girl, you got a story on you. So I want to start off with where you're from. I know you're from Miami, so what part? I'm from Miami, I'm from the crib, you know, originally from North Miami. Um, you know, over time we moved up, started going up north, went to Broward and then now my mama in Palm Beach. I live in Boca, so it's like on the cusp of Palm Beach and Broward. So what was the culture there like for you growing up? You know, I didn't really even know like racism was really existing like that until I left Miami. Cause Miami is just Spanish and black people, you know, like in school to have like a, like a full blown American or even, you know, like an Asian, it was like rare. So it's mostly like, you know, Haitian, Colombian, Cuban, Jamaican, it's like very diverse. People, it's a melting pot. People come from different countries all over in Miami. Whenever you moved, you said, did you ever experience the racism firsthand? Yeah, like, so when I went to Vegas, um, like you just go into a casino and like, they start harassing you. Um, so it's just like, I don't know, it's just different culture. I, I never, I didn't know that it was like, I was like, wow, y'all really wilding out here. <laughs> Now, give us a little insight on, on your upbringing growing up in Miami. Um, you know, growing up at home, I think like a lot of people, you know, that try to make a life, you know, they come to Miami, they come from other countries. You know, my grandma, she came from Guatemala. She brought the rest of my family from Guatemala on that side. Um, and the first day that she came to Miami, she had 500 bucks, they robbed her. And um, in, in Guatemala, where they from, you was only allowed to go to school till like sixth grade. So she didn't finish high school, you know, it wasn't too much education I was giving. She got her GED, went to college, and then um, she became a respiratory therapist. And then she brought her other kids, which is my mama and my aunt. And, um, you know, my mom had me as a kid. My mom had me when she was 17. You know, my mom was still like trying to figure it out growing right. up and everything. Um, I grew up with my stepdad. My stepdad was a drummer in a band. I only, you know, I was with him till like seven. They divorced, you know, they was going through a lot of things. Um, I got, I left, I went to my grandma's house <clears throat> while they was all like trying to work it out. And I found out that he wasn't my real dad. So, when I found that out, I wanted to meet him. I'm like, oh, this is my real, well, I want to meet him. So I met him and then um, he had the, my two sisters with my mom and then they broke up again. But uh, about like 11, I started like getting into a lot of like trouble, you know, cause I'm by myself pretty much, you know, cause everybody around me trying to figure it out. Wow, um, so did you basically have to like raise yourself? At 14, I left my mom's house, but I was already like in and out of jail from 11. And, really? Um, yeah, getting expelled out of school, started fighting at 11. Um, but I was a gifted student, like don't mm -hmm. get it misconstrued. I was actually a gifted student. I was most valuable athlete of the year in the yearbook. Um, you know, I played every sport that I was allowed to play. So like some seasons, like sports, they will overlap each other. And um, you know, I'd have to pick which practice I did. So I was like, really active and I always was gifted in a lot of areas, but I just like, I don't know, I started getting into a lot of trouble. I was, I was hot, you know, I had a lot of emotions, built up emotions. Yeah. 
So, you know, when you're younger, you don't really like how you just said that um, everybody was trying to figure it out while they had you. Did you realize that everybody was trying to figure it out when you were younger? Mm -mm. And I, I always tell people like kids don't know. So you can have a child in an environment full of drugs and a trap. But a child won't know because that's just what they grow into. They think it's normal. Right. They don't know. They might wear the same clothes often, but they don't know that you're not supposed to because that's how you grow up. It's until you get older and you start experiencing other things and you be around other people and you see other families that you're like, wait a minute, like that wasn't right. So like growing up, no, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't notice that nothing wasn't right. I was just living. <laughs> and you said that you were like on your own at 14. Oh yeah, my mama was tired of my shit. So I was already in and out of jail. I think I had just finished doing like a five month bid in a, a level program for juveniles. And um, when I came out, like I had this diary and I, I had so much bad girl shit. <laughs> I was talking about my little, my little boyfriend. Like I was saying so much shit in yeah. there. So she had read it one day when I was asleep. So I woke up. I woke her ass throwing me out. She was tired of my shit. I, I, I just kept getting into trouble, you know, like once, one, I think like around the teenage years, you know, it's actually scientifically proven there's a chemical that changes in, in adolescence, mm -hmm. you know? So once I hit them, them stages, I guess I started to like really experience what was really going on around me inside. So, um, yeah, you know, I, she ended up telling the judge, she's like, man, do whatever you want with her. I can't like, I just can't do it no more. Wow. So that day when she finally read the diary and, you know, I was done with the program, she was just like, she took my shit, dropped me to my grandma's house, threw my bag on the front yard. I was like, finally. So at, <laughs> just at 14, like, how did you feel with your mom's reaction and just knowing, like, you can't live with her no more? Um, I don't, I don't think I think too much of it because I was just going through so much already. Mm -hmm. And then imagine if you just, I just lived five months in a, in a juvenile. I, I was locked up in a juvenile for five months and then before that I was another couple months. So it's not like I was every single day seeing her, you know, at home. Right. Like, I'm in school, I'm in trouble, I'm on probation doing programs, you know, like I'm, I'm lost myself. So that day I do remember it, but I wasn't like stressed out or nothing. So at 14, what were some like major life lessons that you learned really fast? And I wouldn't even say at 14, I would just say like growing up into the woman that you are now. Um, well, you can't really try. I think the first lesson I ever learned was friends. And um, I was my, it was my first fight, I was like 11 and um, you know, I had these girls that I thought they were my best friends. And then I, I kissed this boy, we skipped school and I kissed this boy. He was like the finest guy. Everybody was like, oh, crazy about him, right? So we skipped and I had kissed him and they wrote me some lame ass little kid poem talking about I'm a hoe. Oh, <laughs> they call you, uh-uh. They ganged up on me. They didn't want to be my hoe. I was like, fuck y'all. So I ended up having to beat the bitch ass. Lord. And um, you know, they, then the other one, instead of her fighting me, she came over to me and was like, um, was like, hey, I just want to give you daps. You know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 bitch, shut your ass up. <laughs> um, but that, I think that was like my first lesson, like, you know, with people is like, you can't, you don't really know, you know, who's really your, you don't know whose intentions is what. Sometimes people have deeper intentions and you don't really know what they really feel for you. So you got to be careful, with, you know, people you have around you. Well, it do be draining, like having to question everybody around you. It's just like, day, can I actually really trust you? Have you say, how, do you say like over the years, have you kind of like softened up when it comes to trusting people? I would say I got a little harder, but um, it's something inside of me. I would say because of everything that I've been through and all the different places I've been, I always let interviews or wherever I'm at no yeah I've always been by myself but I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for people that helped me so right. like in that journey while I'm getting in trouble and I have probation officers and therapists social workers um these people were there for me you know they were there for me and they told me that I could do it and I keep going like no you got it like you got it and just pushing me and we're like real friends to me so 
it's always going to be something inside of me that believes the good in people because there are good people. And that's part of the reason why like, I always lead with the right foot because if I ever leave a situation, it ain't going to ever be for something that I did. It's something right. that you did, you know? And I'm always walk away with a clean conscience. I'm always going to try to do the right thing and, you know, give my best foot forward. Wow, that's deep. You got to. You got to pay it forward. Yeah. And hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. You just mentioned therapy, so I do want to ask you, like, when did you know it was time for you to go to therapy? Um, <clears throat> well, when you're in trouble, um, they make you go to therapy. So, like, when I was a teenager, I used to have to, like, go do a little program therapy. But, like, as an adult, I took my therapy, you know, um, when my sisters passed. So when my sisters passed, like, I needed it. I needed it, I needed it. You know, and I think that uh, therapy is healthy for all people. Sometimes people don't even realize they, you know, they're just living their normal life, but therapy helps, you know, you might need therapy. It's just for yourself, you know, mental clarity, and it feels good to like talk to somebody that's non-judgmental, you know, non-biased. Um, so I had, a, I had a lot of therapy last year. You know, I was doing two times a week because I was losing it. No cap, I was losing it. Man. And so um, speaking of your sisters, I know that you actually lost them in 2022 domestic violence. I don't even know how to ask. I don't want to say like what happened because I feel like that's just so blunt. But if you do feel comfortable talking about it and just sharing their story of what happened with their domestic violence situation. For sure. Um, I will never bite my tongue to ever speak on them because my sisters were a light in any dark room, you know? So um, I lost both of my sisters to domestic violence. My youngest sister's ex-boyfriend, um, he, he killed both of them at my mama's house. He, um, he waited, he, he was in jail and they let him out because of COVID. Um, two weeks after he was out, you know, he waited outside the house, he waited for everybody to leave. And then, you know, he went in there. Rebecca, she, um, it was Marcus. Marcus was Rebecca's boyfriend. So I call him my little brother. She, um, she, it was his first day at work. So she went to take him to his first day at work. Um, and on, when she came back, he was already inside with Sophia. I was supposed to be there that morning with my newborn baby, my daughter's one. Um, I was living in Vegas at the time. I stayed in Vegas for like a couple years, but I was always back and forth. So I would stay at my mom's house with the girls. Um, you know, every other month I'd be there. Um, but the day before that happened, <clears throat> I was in Vegas with the baby and my best friend, and something, some, something felt weird. I don't really know how to explain it to you, but like, I felt like I told her that my stuff wasn't packed right. I said, I don't know, my, I just have anxiety. I feel like my stuff ain't packed right. Can you change the flight for tomorrow morning? So she changed the flight for me, and then I called them. They're like, here, are you on the way? I'm like, look, I'm just gonna come tomorrow. Like, I just, I'm not ready yet, but they was upset at me. Um, and then that morning, I'm on the, I'm about to, on the way to the airport, and then my mama calls me, and I just knew that um, she was gonna be excited. So, they got me. <laughs> Uh, we can put a pause. 
um, I picked up that phone call and I, I heard her voice and like I just I knew something was up. So I jumped on the plane. It was crazy. If you need a moment, we could take one. Shake that motherfucker off right quick. <laughs> Girl, listen, a lot of people, they they need to hear all of these stories. You're doing amazing. No, um, for sure. That's why I was like, don't hold back because people need to know, you know what I'm saying? That it's okay to be vulnerable. Right. Like, it's okay. Like, shit happens. Life happens. Um, but yeah, I will say um, we did everything. Like, the system failed us. We had a restraining order on that kid. We, uh, we made so many police reports, like they just did nothing. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, it's just crazy. But my sisters are still with me every day. Like they with me right now, like the entire journey, you know? Um, but when that happened, it really gave me like this fire. Like <clears throat> when shit like that happens to you, cause they were like my kids. You gotta think my dad wasn't around. It was me and my mom. Um, always and then you know when I went to my grandma's house like yeah I wasn't living with my mom but those were still my kids so when I got to the age of 18 I'm already grown actually I left my grandma's when I was 17 um, or 16 maybe and um, so I would take my sisters you know for two weeks at a time winter break summers um, so those were my kids they were my sisters but I raised them with my mom you know from babies and stuff so Something, that type of tragedy, though, that shit just, it's just weird. I, I lost a boyfriend in 2015 and, um, to gun violence in Miami. But, um, you know, like with, with my sisters, it's just, I don't know, you wake up and you, you, you're not, you wake up to a nightmare. You don't wake up into the real world, right, you know? Yeah. You wake up and you don't wanna wake up because you're in a nightmare, you know? Um, so like, they were my number one fans, my number one fans. And um, it was a lot of music I didn't release because I, I was found by Wanya Morris from Boys to Men, right? So I'm like doing this pop thing and I'm thinking I'm going to be Ariana Grande, but I really wasn't being true to myself. You know, I was just kind of like letting people try to mold me. And then I was like insecure, so I, it was a lot of music that I never released. And my sisters would be like, Jazzy, drop that song, man. Drop that shit, drop that shit. And I'm like, well, I don't know, like, I feel like this need to be changed. You know, I was insecure, but, so when that shit happened, like, this fire came inside of me, and I was just angry. You feel every emotion, but that shit really pushed me to be like, man, I don't give a fuck what nobody say to me. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Y'all not gonna tell me how I'm gonna release this, what I need to look like, what I'm gonna say, when I could drop it. Right. This is my shit. Like, I'm gonna do it the way I want it, and the, the, the thing that comes to my mind is that I don't know if I'm gonna be here tomorrow. That's the truth of the matter. I don't know if I'm gonna be here tomorrow. So why I'm gonna sit around and like wait on motherfuckers, you know? Like the time is now, like let's go. Like I ain't wasting time no more. So that's kind of like what I've been on. So since that happened like a year and <clears throat> some change, I just been like, it's go time, it's go time. I don't, yeah, I wanna be in love and I wanna be in a relationship, but it'll come. Like I just wanna, you know, chase chase the bag, chase my dreams, fulfill all their dreams, you know, cause Rebecca was an artist. Sophia was an athlete, you know, like they were popping, like they were next up too. Like everybody, people in Palm Beach, they knew who they was, you know? So it's also living out their dreams too. And you're making them so freaking proud, girl. <laughs> like you, you doing that, like you're doing it. They, I'm sure they are so freaking proud of you. I know it, cause I had got, um, I forgot what it was. I had like did something, maybe I, I don't know what it was, but something good had happened the other day. And I was like, I know they're right there. Like, that's right, let's go, let's go, let's go Jazzy. Like I could just hear them, you know, yeah. so like, I know that they are, you know, and I know that they helping me. I know they like doing it with me. Like on the way here, on the way here, I missed my flight, right? It's uh -huh. the cutoff time for a bag drop is uh, 45 minutes, right? Yeah. It's already passed. I'm coming close to 30 minutes. I'm like on the line for 30 minutes. Like it's literally 30 minutes. 
And I was like, hey, I know I kind of, you know, probably missed the backdrop. And the lady, I mean, this never happened to me. The lady goes to the back and she's like, come on, I just signed this paper. She walked me to the front. She walked me to skip the entire TSA. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what's the chances? Like, <laughs> this shit weird. Like, I don't, and, I, and two, I think because of how I look, I don't really get a lot of like, you know, when people give me things. I, uh, cops don't give me warnings. They don't give me warnings. And it's because they think like, oh, she thinks because she looks good, people just gonna give shit to her, right, you know? So yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? This lady like doing all this shit for me? But I, I, when I sat down, I was like, man, that's my sisters, you know? Just making sure like, you gonna get on this flight, you gonna hit that session that you needed to hit, you know, and do everything that you need to do. And you also have a nonprofit foundation called Always Sisters, Always Friends. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, talk to us about that. You are that. on point, you do your research, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> I'm like shaky because um, I guess like talking about them, them instances, it like it make you feel something, you know, right. and I'm like, <sighs> but um, I started a, a nonprofit, Always Sisters, Always Friends, aimed and geared at being a safe haven and educating victims of domestic violence, people who are alone, mental health issues. Um, you know, I started it last month. When that happened, I, I was always kind of a voice and kind of. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Like an inspiration to younger girls because um, I have always been somebody who was going through things but still made a way to, like, keep fighting, right? So, like, girls always knew that about me and would, you know, talk to me, but... When that happened, I was having strangers, people hit me up from other countries, you know, like with their, with their problems, you know, domestic violence, their, their sisters were going through domestic violence. And um, some of these people were complete strangers and they were like, please don't say nothing, you know, to so-and-so, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I gave them that trust. I don't know you from a can of paint, but I do want you to know you could trust me. You know, I don't know you, but Okay, your secret's safe with me, but I'm going to give you this advice. You need to do this. You need to do this. Make sure this don't happen. So I started the um, nonprofit, you know, because I got to use my platform, dog. Like, you know, so that it's just, I, just, I felt it was something I had to do. And with your nonprofit um, organization, just with you being able to provide this type of thing for other victims who have been who have been in domestic violence how does it feel for you um i feel accomplished you know i feel like i'm doing what i'm supposed to do you know like you only miss all the shots you don't take you feel me so i feel like if i have an opportunity to do something i gotta take it right mm -hmm. now um as i was reading up on you it stated that therapy was, I mean, music was really like therapy for you. So I want you to talk to us about that and talk to us about things that music has got you through. Um, I will say that Bryson Tiller's album, I hope he don't wait another five years to drop another album. <laughs> but he had dropped that album like right after, um, you know, the incident happened and there's like a, a song on there like next to you the whole album like did help me get through it. and even though it wasn't talking about you know death it was more about relationships like the next to you song if uh, I gotta get next to you so I was it just I related it to my sisters I gotta get next to you you know I want to get next to you so that um did help me get through it getting in the studio you know I had so many friends and um you know business associates that just reached out to me and you know knew me from the past and it was like man let's go like just wanted to fucking see me use my talents wanted to fucking you know like just work and get my mind right you know so being in the studio uh you know i put out a song trials which was about them and um i dropped a video that that was really hard for me and even though it was therapy um, the type of therapy, it wasn't a therapy that makes you feel good. It was more of a therapy of release, mm. you know, taking a little weight <clears throat> off your chest. So when I wrote that song, I cried so hard that 
and I was trying not to cry. So like, you know when you try not to cry and your shit be like twitching? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, my face is just like twitching, 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 uh -huh. and I'm just trying to keep a straight face, but I couldn't. And um, you know, I realized like that's what I needed. You know, I needed to release and like just let it go. You know, let it go, talk about it. So yeah, music is definitely, you know, a therapy and, and it feels good. Like even last night, excuse me, I recorded, um, with Kenny from Justice League and made a crazy record. And I'd be so happy when I finish my work and make a body of work and you know, something that takes a piece of me and I take time and I'm in there just going at it, going at it. When mm -hmm. you're done with it, you be so excited that you on a natural high. Right, You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like your, your heart, you just feel more energy. It's almost like when you come out of the gym, you finish running a 5K. I don't know if anybody runs. Um, but when you do a long distance um, running, you get a runner's high, you know, and you, you more energized after doing that long run than you was before. So, um, yeah, it, it, it give you, you know, me putting my, my passion and all that work, like it helps me because it changes my focus onto something positive and it also like, you know, helps me release whatever anger or sadness I might feel. Now, getting into your music, how exactly did pursuing a career in music come about for you? My love for music was always there. So, you know, I was in chorus, I was in show choir in school, I sang at church. Like I said, my stepdad was um, a drummer in a band, so we used mm -hmm. to go to his practice like twice a week. So I kind of was always around it and I was um, exposed to it at a very early age. but. You know, like getting into trouble and like just trying to graduate school, you know, your family, they always going to tell you, especially if you come from a third world country, they don't know, you know, they're like, well, no, you, that's not a real job, you know? So I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I just want to graduate high school. Like if I could just graduate, like I'll be like, all right. And if I can make it to college, like, all right, I'm, I did what I'm supposed to do. Right. Um, but when I met, I, I met Wanye, he heard me like carry a couple notes, hit a few octaves and he was like, you need to take your music career seriously. And then I started vocal training with him. You know, I got introduced to different producers and stuff. So he really like, you know, gave me that push to believe in myself. Cause it's one thing, if your aunt or a friend tells you that, you know what I mean? You gassing me or whatever, but you're Wanye Morris. Like, if you tell me, me, you know like, what I'm saying? If you say that I could sing, I believe you. Like I can you sing. Know? Yeah, I, I believe you, I believe you, all right. <laughs> Wani said, I don't give a damn what you got to say. <laughs> now, working with him, what was some solid advice that he gave you just pursuing this career in the industry? Um, the solid, most solidest advice he would give me was singing. So when, like, I don't think there's a dollar amount that you can put on the vocal lessons that I had with him. You know what I'm saying? Because working with a vocalist like that, like, you can just see, like, the difference of when he sing and get behind right, that right, mic. Right. The confidence is different, you know? Um, so to me, I would say that was like the most um, valuable piece that I got from him, like seeing like what it's like to work with one of the most legendary vocalists. And just out of curiosity, who were some musical influences for you? Um, so I'm pretty eclectic, like growing up, you know, I had, experience listening like so my mom and like my stepdad they showed me michael jackson janet mm -hmm. jackson you know older things nirvana um not nirvana yeah like i know all kinds of music like i, I know slipknot disturbed um and then when my auntie that was like eight years older than me i was thugging with her you know <laughs> <clears throat> she got me on tupac and and biggie and uh Three Six Mafia, you know, my cousins uh, was heavy in the Three Six. Um, and then there was Alicia Keys, um, Mariah Carey, Bone Thugs. So these are all kind of the things that I listened to. So it was like a lot of 90s R&B. And then you had, you know, the raps. I, I even, I can take it back to 8-Ball, Youngbloods. They had um, one Young Youngbloods from here. Yeah, they, they had were, the 85. Atlanta, yep. 
Um, so I listen to all that. You have a, like, the music that you was exposed to, that's literally every genre. Yeah. All the good ones, like, in every genre. Wow. Yeah. And um, I feel like it shows in my music, because, mm -hmm. like, even me as an artist, um, I'll go to meetings that, like, I, we can't really put you in a category because you're a singer, but you be, like, talking that shit like a, a trap rapper, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've been you know, fucking with the cannabis industry for a long, long time. Um, so I was influenced by a lot of these things, but like it show in my music, I'll be super romantic seeing, I'm heavy with the harmonies. I'm really good at harmonies. So like I have all types of like pop-ish type harmonies and then I'll have like R&B runs and vocals. And then I might have the verse that I'm rapping um, so like you could see like the diversity. Okay, real quick, I want to switch gears because you gotta take us back to the cannabis. So you actually have your own strand that you made with Corrupt. Yeah. So I was the first girl. So do you remember when Wiz came out? And it was like when we was first starting to get recreational. Mm -hmm. So Wiz was the first one in in the industry who had his strand. So then I linked up with Corrupt and Dr. Zodiac, and um we created Jazzy Kush and Banana Moon Rocks. So I was like the first female in hip hop culture, you know, with a strand in the dispensaries. Um, and that was a really cool experience. We ended up separating and now I went into the CBD. I've got the Jazzy CBD, which is under the CBD Hemp Direct. We've won Hemp Cup twice. Um, and we're like probably top 10. Wholesale. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. E-commerce for CBD, CBG, Delta 8, um, you know, on the internet. I also brought out um, the first pink FDA approved rolling paper. So like right after I had linked with them, I had got an opportunity at a cannabis cup. Um, they were like, you know, go out the country. I know the, I know the manufacturers or whatnot. You know, like we can make this happen. So I'm like, let's go. I went out the country, went to the manufacturers. I started searching all these different type of papers. And I actually, <clears throat> I got into papers because I started smoking weed so young. I've smoked every different type of paper. And um, I caught gastritis. I don't know if it was only you know, from all these thick papers, not eating, but I was also drinking alcohol, you know, popping pills, just getting, you know, doing bad stuff. So it caused me to get gastritis, you know, fucked up my stomach lining. And um, I stopped smoking the tobacco papers cause I was just trying to like do whatever I can to get my health back together. So that was really why I had got into the papers for health reasons. I feel that um, the thick tobacco papers are really bad for you and they cause more damage than the weed itself. Um, so I went out the country, I started trying all these different papers, and then I found the three that I thought fit best. They are all, all three, the glue on it, the sticky part is non-cancerous, the pink is FDA approved, the brown is comparable to a raw paper, and ultra thin is essentially the thinnest paper you could smoke. So the most healthiest paper is no paper at all, you know? And the most healthy is don't smoke at all. <laughs> but, um... Wait, yeah. so the, um, you said it was gastritis? Yeah. How did you know you had that? Um, I was throwing up all the time. It ain't like I was, <laughs> nah, it's not gas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's like you get a sore on your stomach lining and some people get it for different reasons. A big, um, big factor is stress. Stress causes it, not eating for long periods of time, alcohol, uh, smoke, uh, and really greasy foods. Those are like the top five things that will cause gastritis, so. When you get a sore on your stomach lining, you know, it's all these different things that were hurting it. Your stomach lining has these juices and stuff to break everything down. And when you eat acidic stuff and things like that, it'll cause a sore. So once you get a sore, if it's at the top of your, uh, your stomach lining, then you would get upper gastritis, right? And the upper gastritis is what I had where I was just throwing up all the time. Like I would try to eat and like one bite was like leather. I'm like, like, I'll try to swallow and it just felt like throwing and you up. instantly, how long did it take you to like really re, uh, regroup from that? Well, recover from that? Years. And what helped me get over it was weed. Was weed. <laughs> really? So that was really why I'm so, 
I'm, I'm such like, um, what's the word? Uh, You're a cannabis activist. I'm such an activist. But yeah, something around that nature. I'm so pro-cannabis because I've experienced like what it has helped me with firsthand. And so I quit everything and the only thing that was helping me eat and keep my food down was cannabis, weed. So um, that's why, you know, I believe in it so heavy because I've seen what it does for me. You know, it helps people, CBD especially, like people who's not trying to actually get a psychoactive high. Right. CBD really does help people with pain, anxiety, you know, um, depression, epilepsy, like kids, you know. So that's why I, I wanted to stay in the business because it really does help people. Wow, what is it like being a woman in the cannabis industry? Um, I feel like it's cool because <laughs> it ain't too many of them out. Yeah, you know, you, do like, y'all do you have to deal with like politics or anything? <laughs> do you have to deal with any politics in the cannabis industry or? Um, for sure, I think like in any business, mm-hmm. us we as women we're really just breaking the grounds and like putting our foot down now, like we have all these type of rights now. We haven't always had all these rights. So I think now, you know, we still face some of the, you know, discrepancies between male and female gender when you right. go into business. And, um, but I mean, for the most part, you know, if you stand on business and you about business, like, you know, it don't really matter if you got a, who, who you up against or whatever they think is gonna hold you back. Right. Now, getting back into your artistry, um, what would you say were some major sacrifices that you've had to make pursuing your career? Um, you know, I got a two-year-old daughter, and I have to sacrifice, you know, her not being with me every single day. She ain't with me right now, you know? So I think that's a sacrifice that a lot of us make is, you know, family and quality time, you know, with your loved one. Um, another thing I sacrifice is relationships, you know, like I'm, I'm putting me and my success first, you know, like I ain't got time to be chasing nobody around right now. Like, it's like, look, you either know what you got in front of you or you don't, you know, and I'm, and I ain't going to be the woman to try to prove you who I am. Oh, can you, you know repeat that one more time? Like I said, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to, you know, chase you around and try to prove to you who I am. You, you either know what's in front of you or you don't, you know? You don't, you don't need to like change yourself neither for nobody. This is how I'm coming, this is how I am, this is how I'm packaged. You accept me for who I am and the baggage I come with or you don't. Find somebody else that you could deal with their baggage because believe me, you might not like it here, but wherever you go, somebody got baggage. Everybody got baggage. You just got to see like, who am I willing to put in that work for? Right. You know? So it's like some things that people could deal with. Like, you know, a lot of people might not be able to believe we, I'm kind of cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> And that pussy good, but she cray cray. Um, yeah, you know, like, and I don't mean that, like, literally. It's just that, I mean, from what I've told you so far, you can, you can imagine that I have rough nights sometimes. You know, sometimes I'll be a little off, you know, I'll be a little on edge or whatever. And then I, I do so much by myself. Um, so, I, you know, I have little mood swing or whatever. So it, not everybody is equipped for that. Right. You know, not everybody, like some people, they don't want to deal with it. And then, you know what, to somebody else, they might see that like, that's it, an attitude, man, girl, come on, you know? <laughs> now, are you a, you're an independent artist. Mm-hmm. Wow, so what's that journey been looking like for you so far? I would say out of all the careers and things that I've done, music is definitely one of the most challenging because especially now, like, you know, with everybody having a platform and an opportunity to use their platform, it's oversaturated, right? So you got people who drop stuff every day. And then I feel like, you know, how I look, you know, it like, it's a, it's a gift and a curse. Cause it's like, people wanna know me and they get enticed by how I look, but there's another half of people that judge me before I even open my mouth off of how I look. You know, and then it'll take a conversation them to be like, damn, she's cool as fuck. Like, right. I totally misjudged you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that you could carry a conversation. I didn't know you could play Call of Duty. Like, I didn't know you were funny. You know, I'm a comedian on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would you say brings out the best in you musically? Um, what brings out? 
brings out the best in you musically? So I would say, this is probably not the answer that you were looking for, but like musically, like when I wanna create my best work, I go for a long run, a long distance run, probably like a 5K. It like clears my head. And then when I'm done running, I eat. <clears throat> and I still have that runner's high and I won't smoke. I won't smoke, I won't do no alcohol. I don't, I don't do any drugs and I don't do alcohol, but I know a lot of people like they'll get in the studio and they like to get under the influence. So like for me to create my best piece of work, I do a long run and then I just be completely sober. And I feel like that's how I get the best out. You know, Bob Marley used to play a game of soccer every time he had a performance. He always played a game of soccer because he said it helped him perform the best. Now, you have got to collaborate with so many different artists, but what was it like working with Flip De Niro? Um, so, I'm like, I'm so excited. You know, I'm so excited. Like, his voice is phenomenal. Like, he's got that, that raspy tone. Like, you just don't hear that shit. Like, he is very, very talented. Um, but he reached out to me. Um, I don't know why. You know, I mean, I know I'm, I know I'm that bitch. Like, I know I'm raw. I know <laughs> I'm raw. I just, you know, sometimes, like, you be places and you be like, really? Like, so, you know, uh, when he reached out to me, I'm like, oh, for sure, that's a bet. And then, you know, he sent me back the record. I'm probably going to link with him this week coming up, you know, shoot the video to our record that we have. And, um, you know, I'm excited to keep working with him. Wow, that's awesome. Now, you know we got to talk about... Sniper Gang, okay, so you are a Sniper Gang affiliate, so talk to us about how that came about for you. So, last year I was shooting um, my Florida video, and so like we had made some calls, we called our boy him nigga, and we was like, hey, we wanna come. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, shoot on, on 1800. Okay, pull up. So we pull up, we shoot, and then he call Yak, and then... You know, when we finish, I'm with the girls, we at the restaurant. Yeah, calls us back, he's like, man, come back, we're gonna shoot this video, blase blah, so boom, we go back. And um, that was pretty much, you know, the, the, the blossoming of the relationship from there. And then we fast forward, we at Rolling Loud, he bring me out to Rolling Loud. That was like, you know, such an awesome experience. That shit was really dope. Um, you know, I brought all the energy. Girl didn't come to play. <laughs> I brought all the energy. And then um, we uh, fast forward again, then we shot the Killing the Rats video. And then, you know, it's just my people, you know, like anytime, like if I can come show out and support, like I'm definitely gonna be there. You know, if, um, if any of them boys call me for anything, I'll pick up anytime, like, you know, it's my people, like forever grateful, it's my dogs. I even told you, like, I was like, man, I'm sniper game forever. You know what I'm saying? Now, that gave you any type of like solid advice when it came to navigating in the industry as well? Mm. I feel like he just so fucking cool. He just be like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know, like sometimes when you meet people um, in the street, like you don't always just talk about business. You right, know? right, right. We regular people. Right. You know, I think people forget that too. Like it's not always fucking work. Like sometimes it's like, hey, what are you doing right now? Oh, for real? I'm at my mama has. Like, you know, just regular shit. So, nah, you know, just regular people. Now, I should have asked you this before, but I just went straight into the <laughs> all of that. But um, how did you actually get the buzz for yourself as an artist? Um, I actually, so remember when I first started doing music, I told you I was doing like pop and shit. Yeah. So I had released a song called Strike a Pose and it was very mainstream, very pop. And I was doing my runs, and um, I mean, the song was playing at New York Fashion Week. That song was actually pretty big. I was in OK Magazine, I was in TMZ. Um, so I got a lot of recognition for it. Perez Hilton, you know, oh, was wow. checking me out. And I was like, oh, that's it, it, it was cool for me because, like, to see a different type of 
um, audience, mm -hmm. like a different type of audience, like fucking with me and for that song. So like that was my first really like foot in the door with the music that people was like, oh, okay. Like I was getting videos of like people with their kids watching the video and they're like, take a pose. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was like my first one. And then I would say um, right after, you know, my sisters, when I started going hard again, my Florida song did very well. I charted with my Florida song in like France, um, uh, London, and um, what else did I chart on? Like I, I had did very long story short. Mm -hmm. Fat skinny, fat story skinny. Florida song did pretty good, and then you know I dropped the album, and I think that people don't realize like what I said before. There's so many people out, and it's so saturated. You gotta be consistent. Like you gotta stay in their face. Keep dropping. Right. Keep dropping. Keep dropping. What I get a lot of people telling me like, oh no, because you gotta do it like this. Like we're in a time that you can only drop a single at no, a time. No, you need but, to be consistent. But I, I'd be like, you know what? What works for you might not work for me. Right, yeah. You feel me? Like, this is my method and this is how I do it. And the way I do things is I'm in your neck constantly. Like, I'm going to be to the point that you just can't tell me no because I'm always there. I'm always in your face. So I think, you know, that really, like, it helped me a lot. You know, just being consistent, keep putting the shit out. You can't do nothing but respect it. Okay, so fast forward to, to now, you recently dropped your project, Chasing a High. So talk to us about the inspiration behind it. So Chasing a High, I got the title because when my sisters passed, it just seemed like, you know, a person that does drugs, right? A drug addict, the first time they get high, every time after that, they're just chasing a high because they're trying to find that first high, what they felt that first time that it felt so good, right? So I felt like I'm just constantly looking for love in the wrong places. I'm constantly trying to fill a void and it's non-existent. You know what I'm saying? I'll never replace my sisters. I'll never fill that void that I got inside of me. You feel me? But it's like I still find myself trying to find love and trying to, trying to believe in somebody. Um, so that's really where it came from. It's like I'm just looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, chasing, chasing a, a feeling that I am never going to be able to really have. Um, so I put out, it was 19, it's 19 tracks, and I only had one feature on there, which was Tafia. Um, but, you know, I got the song of my sisters in there. I got Florida in there. I got It's About Me. And, you know, when you listen to it, I got even a police recording. I had ran over this dude. It, you know, I was with the, it was a situation that went wrong. They tried to rob me and um, I ended up running over him. It was kind of, a, you know, an accident, like, cause I was just trying to get away. But I got the, um, the police audio because I ended up going to jail and the attorney had to get the deposition. So, um, you know, we getting police calls and all that shit. So I, I had it in my computer and I, I used, put the audio on the album, you know, from the, when the lady got, yeah, yeah, LA, she just ran over a man. Hello, did you just run over him? I don't know. I got to get out of here. Um, so, and then follows the song. I made a song about it called Hit and Run, but I made it about relationships, you know, like, I don't want to get too close, you know, I'll hit and I'll just be, I don't want to get too close to you because I ain't going to let you break my heart. But, right. you know, it was subliminal to what happened. You know, try to rob me, tell me how that bumper tastes. Um, so the album, you know, was really me just expressing like experiences and traumas and shit I had been through. You know, there's a few love songs in there. I am a hopeless romantic. <laughs> it's okay, I am too. <laughs> yeah. I'm very hopeless. It's I don't at this point I'm just like, man, whatever. Like <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm just like, man, I don't even be expecting that it's gonna go nowhere no more. I'm just like, yeah. I, you know, I will yeah. hang out. I'm down to be a friend. Like, yeah, exactly. Now, with Chasing a High, what was it that you wanted your fans to grasp from that project? I really wanted, you know, people to hear my story. You know, if they don't already know my story, I wanted them to hear it. And if they did know my story, I wanted them to feel it. Um, and I think in a lot of the music, especially like Trials, you know, like you could feel it. Like you could feel it. You could feel the pain. You could feel the hurt. Um, so I wanted people, you know, to start getting a piece of that story because a lot of people know me as a face you know what I'm saying like a lot of people know me you know maybe through social media people don't know that like I've been outside before social media like people knew who I was before I was on the internet um 
you know, with these stories and life experiences. So like with that project, first I wanted them to respect me like, okay, nah, she ain't just gonna drop one here in another six months. Like I'm in your chest. It's 19 tracks. Like I do this shit. I'm independent. Like I paid for all this shit by myself. Right. Um, so I wanted them to, you know, respect me, see that like I'm really out here working, I'm putting in work and to, you know, hear my story and, you know, start to get to know me more and, and feel things. Right. And as you continue to pursue your journey in this artistry world, this industry, what would you say are some goals for you this year? Um, so this year, well, this year, I already, I already claimed this, so it's mine. But um, this year, you know, I'm going to find me a good man. I'm going to get into a serious relationship with a good one, you know. And I know he's going to be a good one. Um, I'm also going to drop, put out another project. I'm going to get a few more big features. Um, I can't even really put a cap on how much I'm going to drop because I know it's just going to be back to back. Right, yeah. We're not even in February and I already got three good features. Just dropped the visual. Yes. So I... Oh yeah, uh, me and Double N just put yes. out that song, and <laughs> that song going crazy right now. Uh, we was top twenty South Carolina blogs picking it up like yeah, on their yeah. own, you know. So that song is very hard. It's a it's a mainstream song too. Like I b truly believed in the song, and he's a dope artist. Um, so yeah, this year it's up, it's stuck. You know, I'm I'm gonna do things that um, people are not gonna expect me to go so and right. I, I know this is my year like for sure and before we wrap up do you have any last words or shout outs um well my name is jasmine kadavid if you follow me not follow me already please do on all platforms is at jasmine kadavid j-a-s-m-i-n-c-a-d-a-v-i-d for all your cbd cbg Delta 8 rolling paper needs, go on the site. It can get ordered straight to your house. It's www.thejazzycbd.com. That's T-H-E-J-A-Z-Z-Y-C-B-D.com. And on all platforms, Amazon, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, go check out my music, stream everything. Chasing a High is out right now. We got Double N Choosing featuring me out. And just keep a lookout for me. Is it cause I pull up in the air? You see all these VVs on the TV, watch us there. I came from the bottom, and you watch me. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba.